This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd with His Excellency Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie, and as we are into the middle of this beautiful Advent season, wanted to talk a little bit today, Archbishop, just about your experience here with 10 years of history in the Archdiocese, some of the different Advent and Christmas uh, traditions, celebrations you've been able to experience with our parish communities, but also how do we live our faith out? in this time of year that can be busy, that can be sometimes very secular. Mm -hmm. So as we look to this and prepare our hearts really for the Christmas season, would you open us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, as the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she would be the virgin mother of your only begotten Son, We ask you to help us with Mary. Spend these days of Advent in preparation for Christmas in quiet reflection as she did, holding all these things in her heart as the Gospels tell us. So we ask you to fill us during this time of Advent with the spirit of our Blessed Mother Mary, that she may help us to be quiet and meditative and really ponder the mysteries that we celebrate during this holy time of the year. We ask you to be with us in this radio program that our listeners may find something encouraging, enlightening, and and fruitful for them in their own spiritual lives. And all this we ask in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Our Christmas celebration, well, we have our Advent traditions There's posadas, there's (laughs) devotions, and we have a beautiful Archdiocese of Portland. I think just the richness of the different cultures, the different languages, the different ways that we express in the home, in our parish home, and maybe in our larger community. And just what are, if you look back at at the different activities you've Mm -hmm. been able to participate in, especially during Advent and Christmas, what comes to mind? Yeah, you know, the uh, you you pointed out. I mean, what you say is is exactly right, and is really at the heart of it. You know, one of the great blessings of this local church, and I've said this many, many times, is the rich cultural diversity that is here in this local church. Now, we're not as diverse as, as you know, someplace like maybe Los Angeles, which I'm told there, I don't know how many languages Mass is celebrated in on, on any given Sunday. But here in, in Western Oregon, mm-hmm. we are really a very yeah. culturally diverse uh, church with with 
Catholics who have settled here and come here uh, with their own traditions from their from their native countries. And of course, with that come these incredible, beautiful uh, Christmas traditions and Advent traditions uh, that I've been, you know, privileged to to be a part of. There's so many times when I'm. I, I know this might sound silly to some, but there's so many times, and even after ten years here. I'll still be sitting in the middle of a celebration and just taking it in and just rejoice, my heart just rejoicing and literally saying to myself, how did I ever get here? How did I ever become so privileged to be the shepherd of, of this people? Uh, because these are rich experiences like you know I, I never had back in in my previous diocese, which was you know generally pretty homogeneous in, in terms of its cultural uh, diversity. Uh, so you know what, it, what some of the things that 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 stand stand out for me is is uh, 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 that I've been privileged to be a part of is you know the, it, it just happens that the the solemnity the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, falls within the season of Advent on December 12th. So I'm always privileged to participate in that celebration with the Hispanic community here in one location or another. I, I, I tend to rotate between uh, the big gathering that we have for the feast day down in Salem at the, at the, at the uh, State Fair Pavilion down there. But then we'll also alternate uh, in parishes up here in the metro area that have large Hispanic populations, typically out in Cornelius at St. Alexander's or, or St. Anne's in Gresham. And uh, my gosh, to see the love and the devotion of our, our Hispanic community for uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe is so inspiring. And I, I just, it's just such a joyful uh, celebration. Also, uh, the uh, I, I always participate, uh, usually blessing the local leaders of the Simangabi celebration for the Filipino community. It's their novena of masses. Uh, Building up uh, before Christmas, uh, I usually celebrate with the Filipino community and bless the leaders who will be leading their local communities in the in the in the parishes and the regions of of the archdiocese with that novena of masses before Christmas. Uh, bless their parals, the the beautiful lanterns that uh, that they uh, that they uh, put out uh, during this this holy time. You know, so that these these are some of the wonderful you know cultural things. I. Uh, often in the last ten years, I don't know how many times I've done it. I on Sun, I, of course, I celebrate the the beautiful midnight mass at the cathedral. And I mean, I mean, come on, I mean, there's there's it's nothing beautiful. like mm. midnight mass. Mm -hmm. And we are so blessed at our cathedral church uh, here in Portland to have such a beautiful church to celebrate in, but also to have the beautiful music that we have in our choir uh, put in endless hours preparing for uh, that that Christmas Eve celebration starting at 11 p.m. with the lessons and carols and the beautiful, uh, you know, the alternating between readings, between choral pieces that the choir sings and then congregational singing of some of our favorite hymns is a buildup to the celebration of Midnight Mass itself. And then, of course, the the celebration is is probably one of the most solemn of the whole year with uh, we pull out all the stops, so to so as, as people like to make fun of us in the Catholic Church, all the, the smells and bells yep. uh, and, and bells and whistles and I mean it's we it's a grand celebration so that's always something I look forward to but then often on Sunday itself on Christmas Day itself after having that big celebration I have on a few occasions uh, sort of uh, 
fed my own cultural uh, need, and I, I've celebrated with the the Church of Saint Stanislaus here yeah. in in Portland on Christmas Day. I'm half Polish. My mother is 100 percent Polish. And quite honestly, I didn't grow up with any Polish traditions. Uh, we're far removed from my great grandparents who came over. But I, I, I find a deep cultural connection mm-hmm. and a personal connection there to, to to celebrate with the Polish community and to listen. I, I, they, the Polish have the most beautiful Christmas hymns. The melodies are just haunting almost. They're so beautiful. So I often at times have had celebrations there. And, and uh, um, yeah, so I, I just, this is such a great time of the year. And there's so many things to do, even if it's just riding around looking at the Christmas mm-hmm. lights, you know. And I always love to take note of the homes that on their yard somewhere will actually acknowledge the true yeah. meaning of the feast, you know, and in, in, in addition to Frosty the Snowman and, and Santa Claus uh, and, and reindeer, you know, you actually might actually see a nativity, nativity scene. scene. And I, in, in my neighborhood, that's, that's, that's what I've arrived at. I said, if nobody else does, I'm putting out a nativity <laughs> scene on my lawn uh, yeah. lit up at night so that people can, can remember what this feast is, is really all about. That's right. That's right. And I think, as you mentioned, all of these different communities it's the universal church and we are all part of the universal church i mean i didn't grow up with any of those traditions but i love to be part of it i love to learn and see and know that this is the beauty of our local church is we're all part of the same that's right you know it's a good point uh, dina marie and, and i wouldn't want this to be seen as well the Hispanic community does right. this over here, and the Filipino community does that over there, and the Polish community does this over here, and and I'm sure the other ethnic communities as well uh, in our archdiocese that are rich, you know, have their own traditions. These are our traditions together mm-hmm. as a universal church. So there's no reason why you know everyone couldn't go and celebrate at at the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you know, with with our brothers and sisters for whom this feast is special meaning, or. To participate in the Simangabi, uh, the Novena of Masses before Christmas with our Filipino community, you know. So I don't want these to be seen as like separate communities. I mean, in a sense, yes, they're, they're cultural groups within our local church, but we're one community of faith. And, and it's what brings the richness, the diversity and the unity uh, are, are both Im- important. That's right. And as we're right in the middle of the Advent season, as this program is airing, there's a lot of activities going on, whether it's in our workplace, in our parishes, we're preparing for different things, food drives, all of the things that are happening. Let's talk a little bit about how do we maintain a peace of mind? How do we maintain our Catholicity as we're out, maybe working on something that's in a very secular world project, um, but we keep our Catholic faith and, and the reason for the season as part of what we're doing. So we're not mm-hmm. distracted. Yeah. You know, this is, as I think we mentioned in, in the last program, um, you know, this, this is, is meant to be a time <laughs> in preparing for Christmas uh, what we're preparing for is for the coming of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I always point this out every Advent. Remember, we're preparing for two comings of the Lord, really. Uh, his, we're preparing to remember his first coming as the babe of Bethlehem, but we're, we're as much preparing for his second coming in glory. And if you listen carefully to the liturgy of the early days of Advent, it's more about his second coming than it is about the first coming. Uh, and only later does it turn more focused directly on, on to remember the birth in, in Bethlehem. So it's meant to be a time of a real prayer and meditation and reflection. But unfortunately, that 
collides with the secular culture around us, for which this time of year is extremely busy, extremely noisy, extremely distracting, uh, frenetic, you might even say. Uh, and my gosh, people are stressed and anxious. Uh, and it's, it's, it's exactly the opposite of what we're supposed to be experiencing at this time. So uh, one thing is it takes intentionality. Mm-hmm. We have to be intentional. It's not, I, I just, I know for myself, and I, I think it's true for everyone, it is not going to happen unless we're very intentional about it. We have to have, a, again, as we said last time, yeah. we have to have a plan. How am I going to stay centered on Christ, centered on what the real meaning of this time of year is all about? It's going to take a strong, fervent intention on my part. Uh, and I think the most important thing we need to do in that regard is prayer. Prayer. I, we say this all the time. If we want peace in our life, if we want to know the presence of God in our life, if we want to experience his love and care for us and really make a connection with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, I, I'm sorry, there's just no way around it. We have to pray. And that's, I would say that's one of my biggest worries, quite honestly, about the, the people that, that the Lord has entrusted to my pastoral care is, you know, are we praying? Mm-hmm. Do we know how to pray? Um, you know, I, I I take it for granted, I guess, because, my gosh, I'm a priest for 33 years. I'm a bishop for 17, almost 18 years. I have all that seminary training and everything. You know, I, I certainly know a lot about the spiritual life, and I know a lot about prayer, and I know how to pray, et cetera. And I, I think sometimes I take that for granted, and, and I have to remind myself, well, not everybody really, quite honestly, knows how to pray. We say pray, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, what do I, how? Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. What do I do? It's not really complicated. And I think people in their mind immediately begin to think it's some very big, complicated, mystical thing. It's, it's very simple conversation with the Lord. And, and the mo- you know, yes, we have our devotions. We have our memorized prayers, our rote prayers, as we might say. But we also, it's what the Lord really desires from us is that heart to heart. So that's, that's one thing I would say is, folks, if you want peace in your life, if you want the presence of God in your life, there's just no way around it. You have got to learn how to pray. And maybe we need to do more as pastors of the church and, and other leaders and, and ecclesial ministers in the church to teach people how to pray. But then to witness to that out, out in the world. You know, I, I was just thinking, as you were saying that, about how do we, how do we you know, remind those around us of what this season is all about. I, 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 over Thanksgiving, I was visiting my family back in Michigan, and my whole family, that's immediate family, and, and uh, my nieces and, and now grandnieces and nephew, uh, you know, we were all together, mm-hmm. all right? And, and the, the seven of us, the seven adults, my two sisters, uh, my sister's husband, my, my two nieces, and one of my nieces' husbands, seven of us went out to dinner. Here we are in this very <laughs> you know, secular restaurant, and when it came time, all in unison, sitting around a big round table, you were kind of hard to miss us, we all prayed. We made the sign of the cross, we prayed, and we made the sign of the cross when we were finished. That was a statement. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't to draw attention to ourselves. It wasn't to make us, you know, holier than thou. 
but it 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 witnessed to everybody else in that restaurant. Uh, you know what's important to us. Mm-hmm. You know in our relationship with the Lord. And these are little simple things that we can do. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's it doesn't have to be this big, huge. I'm going to stand on the corner some, <laughs> somewhere where everybody's shopping and and witness. But it's in those little conversations. Maybe it is at the water cooler or at the coffee, or we're mm-hmm. going to have luncheons and there's going to be gatherings always around food. But are you going to pray yeah. in Thanksgiving? If you feel uncomfortable, well, that means pray. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? exactly, well, exactly. What are they going to say? Doesn't matter. You're talking to the Lord. So take that opportunity. But I think, you know, even in the home, m- mothers and fathers, husbands and wives, they might feel like, oh, how do I how do I lead my family in prayer? If it hasn't been something that's been a regular activity, can this be a year, a new year, where yeah, families that, can do more prayer is, at home? That is something I would really, really uh, urge, dare I say beg, the parents to do. Yeah. Please, listen to me, all of you out there who are parents, or maybe grandparents too, but especially the parents, especially of, of, of younger children at home. You know better than I do, folks, what your children are facing in the world today and the forces that they encounter every day and the, the really the forces that are, are, are trying to take them away from the Lord, from you know, true understanding of, of who they are as beloved sons and daughters of God. Listen, if, if, if your children don't know that they are beloved sons and daughters, uh, we're, we're really missing a major part of their human and spiritual formation. They need to know that they are loved. They need to know, quite honestly, that, that you, mothers and fathers, love them. And love them for who they are. Not for what they accomplish, not for what they do or what they don't do. But you love them because they are your son. They are your daughter. And... Uh, they need to know that unconditional love it, because you reflect that love from, from the Father in heaven who loves us unconditionally. Those children need to know that they are beloved daughters and sons of a loving God. And you model that for them. You are the symbol of that. You are the, the, the communicator of that love. And if, if families are not living the faith in the home, praying together in the home, talking about faith in the home, in the culture that we're living in today, these kids are going to get sucked up by the secular culture, what I dare say in, in some instances, a very pagan culture that we're living in. You know, and I, and I say this, listen, I say this with no judgment, um, because quite honestly, I didn't grow up in that kind of a home. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, our family, we were, we were good practicing Catholics, you know, we went to church every Sunday. But when I look back, we didn't really talk much about the faith in the home. My parents didn't share. This is, this is something that I, I, I've always wished that they had done with me as I look back on, on, on my life. Mm-hmm. My parents never shared their relationship with God with me. They never talked to me about what their relationship with Jesus was like or what their relationship with the Father or the Holy Spirit was like. You know, and I think that witness Parents, you've got to share with your children what God means to you uh, and, and the impact and the difference that God has made in your life and what you turn to God for 
and and you know that that's that's key and essential. So that's part of this this witness to the faith that that and especially at this time of the year, when you you know space of your kids are focused on all that the secular word is world is proposing to them at this time of yeah. the year. If you don't center them, mm-hmm. uh, no one will. Yeah. Well, and as you said, and I think about that evangelization. What's that little uh, elevator speech that we give? But we're called at the end of Mass, you know, go and glorify the Lord by your life, yeah. you know, by how we live. And Sunday, if I remember, it's the beginning of our week. It's yep. not at the end. Nope. It's not at the end and Monday's the beginning. No, Sunday mm-hmm. begins it all. We have an encounter, a physical experience with Christ in the Holy Eucharist, and that should fuel us for going forth, right? And yeah, proclaiming you know, the gospel. You, you, you say that so well. That's one of the, the, the things I love to point out. Sunday is not the last day of our weekend. Right. It's the beginning of our week. Sunday is the first day of the week. And Sunday is supposed to orient us for mm-hmm. the whole week to come, not to finish off our weekend. Right. And again, let's face it, I mean, you know, we all kind of, on some level, kind of tend to look at it that way, especially if we're in the work world or if we're going to school. You know, oh, you know, Sunday comes the end of our weekend and we got to go back to work or back to school on Monday. But so we think of Monday, as you say, as the beginning of the week. No, Sunday's the first day of the week. And Sunday is the day that we're supposed to be grounded firmly in the Lord, firmly in our faith, nourished by word and sacrament, so that we can then go forth in that week to live the mystery that we have just celebrated in the Eucharist live what we have celebrated in the Mass. You know, uh, we, we hear this often in the whole debate over freedom of worship for freedom of religion in the country. And, and, you know, there are those that want to restrict freedom of religion to freedom of worship. In other words, folks, what you do inside your church is fine. That's your business. But don't you dare try to carry that out of the walls of the church and, and influence society with, you know, your, your faith. Not, not that, that we're imposing our faith on others, but it's certainly when it comes to moral issues mm-hmm. and how to live and the values that we hold dear and the social teachings that, that we try to live by and the moral teachings, those things are, are not just for within the walls of the church. In fact, it's easy in the walls of the church, as my dad used to like to say, where the rubber hits the road mm-hmm. is out there. Yeah. What do I do out there? Yeah, it's fine to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ in the walls of the church where it's safe and I can express my faith openly and and share that faith with others. But when I go out mm-hmm. and I'm at work or I'm at the gym or I'm in a social setting or I'm with my neighbors or I'm at the store or I'm at a, a, a game somewhere, that's where it matters. Mm-hmm. That's where it makes a difference is how do I witness to my faith in those in those moments you know, and, and, and simple little things like, you know, we've, we've shared this before when when um, someone says, how are you doing? Well, instead of saying, fine, how are you? Say, oh, I'm so blessed. Yeah. God has been so good to me. Uh, you've, you've shared faith there in that moment. I, I had an experience the other day and I'll, I'll encounter this person again and I, I've been thinking and praying about this a lot because this person in, 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 the, in the midst of, of providing the service for me uh, mentioned that uh, they, were, they were kind of afraid of death. You know, and they were kind of acknowledging that this is something we're all kind of afraid of, you know, death and everything else. And, and 
it wasn't the it wasn't the uh, right opportunity. I, my actually, quite honestly, my time was <laughs> a little crunched to get into a heavy conversation. But I know I'm going to be uh, you know seeing this person again, and I've been thinking about that and praying about that, and I'm going to find a way to bring the conversation back around to that because there's a moment mm-hmm. to share faith. You know, to push it. Well, why 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 are you afraid of death? You know, and well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen or, you know, we don't know what the afterlife is like and say, well, you know, we, actually we do. Yeah. We have a promise. Mm-hmm. We have a promise. God has promised us something. He's made us for something. Do you realize that you were made for eternal life and a peace and a joy and a happiness in the kingdom of God that no one and nothing can take from you? That's what you're made for. You know, and then that gives us, you know, an opportunity to witness to Christ. Now, perhaps it's a little bit easier for me, <laughs> you know, given my my role and position uh, as, as a priest and bishop. But it should be that way for all mm-hmm. of us when somebody expresses something like that. Oh, I'm so afraid of death. Uh, you know, uh, you say, well, why are you afraid? And and just not in a preachy way, right? But just engage the person in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Just and you don't have to have all the answers. Yep. And I think that's what we're afraid of. Yeah. I think as Catholics, I don't have all the answers. We're afraid that we don't have all the answers. And what if they ask me something hard? Or what if they attack my faith mm-hmm. because of something we believe? You know, especially quite honestly these days in the moral area. You know, we can't be afraid of these conversations. We need to just listen to people, share our faith and our heart with them and our love for them, and don't judge them and condemn them and argue with them in a in a, in a mean way. But just be open to yeah. others and sharing our faith and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Yeah. It's, it's God's work. And this is my, uh, I'll close with this. It's my favorite scene. And one of my favorite scenes in the gospel is the miraculous catch of fish in Peter, you know, and they haul in this miraculous catch of fish. And after Jesus said, put out your nets into the deep for a catch. Well, Peter, Jesus filled the net. Mm-hmm. Not Peter. Jesus filled the net. But Peter had to do his part. He had to lower the nets right. for the catch. So Peter did his part, and Jesus did the rest. That's all we need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to do our part. Trust in the Lord. Let him do the rest. Let him do the rest. He is the promise. He is the promise indeed. Well, on that note, help us close with your blessing. Yes. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones at this holy time of the year, and be with you this day and always and forever. Amen. Amen. And we want to thank you for joining us again on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.